stop talking. We're going to kick off today the next round of uh, sermon series. I think I've told you this before. I don't really care to call them sermon series and lay it out, put names against them. Um, but this one I just felt like Road Trip kind of was a good time to where what we're doing while we're reading through. Because we're continuing through the New Testament. This is an Acts that we're going to be Acts and Hebrews um, for these next four weeks. And it's basically saying, seeing and showing how the people in the church are sent. And so that's why I'm calling it Road Trip. Um, over and above and through everything, especially as we're coming back from many road trips for spring breaks where people are heading out on them uh, in the next couple weeks as well. So uh, we're going to read in Acts 11 if you want to open up. Acts 11, if you want to turn on your Bible, open up your Bible. Um, we're going to read Acts 11, 1 through 18, and I'll pray before we start. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for this day. Thank you for your mercies and your thank you for the opportunity to just open up your scripture. Father, these are words that are breathed by you, and um, we don't take them lightly. And so there's something in here for each and every one of us. There's a word here from you that's going to touch us and uh, lead us closer to you and help us to guide others closer to you as well. So, Father, we say thank you in advance, and we just give this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Acts 11 is where we're going to start. And so um, if you're following along in this, Acts 10 is basically same as Acts 11. So if you ever go through and read, Acts 10 gives you all the details, Acts 11 kind of gives you the highlights is what we're going to read. But Acts 10 is where um, we have Cornelius, who's one of the Roman leaders, he sees a vision from God. God says, go get Peter and bring him here. And so he sends uh, his men out to bring Peter back to him at the same time in this Peter sees a vision from God where the sheep drops down Jesus. Jesus. All right, good job, Paul. 
sinners, all the broken, all the hurting. And so they're accusing him of their innocence. They've likely forgotten, right? They've forgotten after they sat at Jesus' feet and watched him model what they're supposed to do for the last three years. And they're already like, no, you can't do that. You can't go and sit for it. It's kind of crazy how quickly they forget about this. Uh, verse 4 Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it, and I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat it. I replied, Surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my body or entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven for a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made whole. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. You see, this is a, this was recapped. This is the third time of this period. God showed him three times. There's the, there's this repetition for us to be able to see, for us to bring to our attention. It's like when we're going throughout the, the Bible recap right now. We've been reading. Experiences, right? When you're out and about, the windows down, 
especially when it's 30 degrees and your kids are screaming. No, I'm just kidding. We've never done that, right? Yeah, we do that, don't we? We probably have. The kids are screaming their heads off and dropping windows down. I'm like, all right, we and I are going to enjoy this time for a little bit. <laughs> just crank up the heat, it'll be okay. Um, but road trips are fun, but road trips have their issues along the way. Um, you know, you can listen to your favorite podcast too, and just kind of zone out. I like to be in my own little bubble when I'm driving. And sometimes get put in two AirPods, and if I get put in two AirPods, I don't know what else is happening in the car. Emily gets a little upset with me, but it works out as we drive along. Um, but you know, road trips in this life, and what we're seeing here is a discipleship and evangelism. going from the new destination to go and uh, And so we can think of our discipleship in the evangelism as a journey or as a road trip. You know, like a sunny, Sunday afternoon in the summer. Driving the windows down, cruising along and enjoying it. But there's also going to be some stops along the way. We may even have two snacks, but I don't know snacks on there. I don't know about you guys. Um, but I remember one of my favorite road trips when I was growing up. I went with my grandparents, my uh, grandma, Zilla, and Grandma Max. They took me and my cousin, we did for all the grandchildren. They took us out with us. So we could go see all the sites from Old Faithful to the Badlands, to the Washington Monument, the Grand Teton. I could still see them. And I was like 11 at that time. And so I was able to see the history. I went to the Corn Palace. Everybody else said, yeah, actually, it's pretty cool. But it's pretty cool looking at all the um, but what I remember is long roads of nothing but cornfields, a boring road trip, but we run into road construction and delays. We'd have stops, we'd, we'd get detours, we'd start recalculating our directions, um, but it was a good time for us to be able to connect and be able to have that time. You know, we can have detours because bison are standing in the middle of the road, which is pretty cool. To have a whole herd of bison just plugging around here. Um, we just pray that they don't form the car. Because uh, we saw someone get their car torn up. It was crazy. I still remember that, and that was what, 30, 40 years ago? Not 40. <laughs> 30 years ago. Uh, but let me get back here. This is Luke writing Acts, if you don't remember. Luke wrote all of Acts. Luke is the author, he's the penman. He is a great storyteller and great in getting into the details and sharing everything, every aspect story so that you can get a true picture of who God is. And so he gave this entire chain of events and shared three times, like I mentioned, three times that repetition is for us to remember and see. There's always something that is going to pop out, especially if you read it for a second or third time. The genealogy, or if it's another story, that everything's going to be recapped. That is for us to lock into our brains, to catch on to it, to grab it, um, so that we can just be and know like what you've been sharing. So uh, this is the third recount of the not in Axelot is where we're at. And so what we have here is we see a problem on this road trip. I'm going to title in this road trip theme as what we just read. Because now Peter is running into his own issues on this road trip, right? As he comes back, the traffic's starting to slow down big time because he's hit some potholes. That's the point number one, potholes. Um, Verses 1 through 3. So the potholes are actually what we see here the believers accusing Peter of doing something wrong. 
They're causing him to slow down. They're causing him to stop. They're causing him to have a breakdown. Um, you know, Indiana is famous for our our problems, right? Especially around this time of year, February, March. That's why there's, I think, 3,000 tire shops on every corner here in the bigger fisheries area um, because of all the problems. And we always want to avoid problems, but we can't always avoid them. You see, the believers are trying to put a halt to what Peter is doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing. They are trying to go back to their own customs, their own ways, what they had known, what they were comfortable with, and not going out and above. They just were trying to avoid and trying to create, actually, their freedom Peter and the Holy Spirit to these massive problems to pull them away. See, Peter went in the house of the Gentiles, which, as even he mentioned, is not good in the Jewish customs. You see, they were tied back into those old ways, and they couldn't let go of it. They couldn't embrace the freedom of Christ and Christ that he had shared, that Jesus, when he was here, he shared and told them the difference and what they were doing. They weren't embracing it. They weren't taking it. They, they didn't know what they were doing. They were swerving around all those potholes, right? They were trying to swerve around the Gentiles. They were trying to stay in their own lane in the essence, but not bury it on off to do it. They are trying to pick their own perfect lane. But their lanes were just rough with potholes, and it caused them to swerve along the way. The believers and apostles didn't have a problem with Peter preaching the good news, but they had a problem with sitting down with him. Just like I mentioned earlier, like Jesus. Jesus sat down with the tax collectors. He sat down with that Samaritan woman at the well. He told the story about the good Samaritan. Saving them. And taking them back. Jesus was breaking that mold and trying to get us to avoid these problems. And that's what he was doing. He was trying to get us to see others for who they are. That they're his people, and everything that he creates is good, and it's clean that he calls clean. So potholes are on the road. Potholes on the road are a problem, right? Um, but those potholes can even be represented with how we avoid others, how we can avoid sharing the good news, how we can avoid spending time with others in relationship. And so we don't want those potholes to be our own problems. We want to work around. So let's go on and read in verses 4 through 17. You can see the solution. And the solution is uh, road construction, is what I'm talking about. Now, road construction for us means delays, usually. But you have to have delays to create and fix in wherever you're going. So, road construction is the answer to fix the potholes permanently, or should I say semi permanently, especially around here. Let's take a look at the road construction plan that was laid out by Peter. How he laid it out to the apostles and to the believers. He laid the groundwork. What he's doing is cutting out these potholes and laying the asphalt, creating a smooth path for them in the midst of everything. And so Peter shared clearly what God had showed him and said to him in the vision. There's something about when you take God's word through and share it, and that's what it is that he just presented. He didn't take his own tone, he didn't take his own. Boisterous, boisterous, yeah, obviously. Um, it wasn't boisterous in the midst of it. Just speaking of um, he, he wasn't like cocky. He wasn't proud. He wasn't over and above. He just said, This is what Jesus, this is what God showed me. And he was presenting that. He's letting the Holy Spirit work through it all so that nobody could see it. And then he presented, proceeded to share how they were all. 
And what I really love here is that Peter stayed after he got baptized. He stayed to disciple. He stayed to spend time with him. He didn't just baptize him and disappear. He spent time with him. They asked him to stay there so that he could teach them more, that he could be there. And then I just, like I mentioned, Peter's defense, he didn't stand on his own for himself. He let the Holy Spirit stand and lead. And you know, all we can see is that even today, where we are, we'll see Christians against Christians, Christians against non-believers, um, all over the place, that there's these gaps that we're trying to stand in presumptuous and take our own stance as opposed to the conversation, the Holy Spirit changed the direction. Um, we just have to work towards letting the Holy Spirit guide us and direct us all throughout so that we can have it all faith over and strength over. You know, we need to lay the groundwork for all of us. We need to be in prayer, like many times, in His Word daily. We need to be meeting in small groups, meeting in churches. We need to be gathering together and serving the community. And, you know, it's not easy, it's not pretty, it never is you're dealing with others that are non-believers. Um, it's not even pretty or with believers. It's just a messy. Sometimes it's even worse. Sometimes you don't rather not be around Christians. And that is a sad thing to say. But that's how the Jewish people were at this time. Those apostles and disciples, that's what they were. They, you weren't wanting to be around when you're taking on this taking on this position taking on this way. So you see Peter, he was doing his construction, running the path to the right direction for us all. And finally, we have the construction comes that are being renewed in these clear roads. So finally, verse 18 is the, the end here in that last point is clear roads. Verse 18, we see that overall there. They said, all right, Peter, you're right. The Holy Spirit convicted them, and they are ready to move on and move forward. And so you see that there are clear roads ahead so that the gospel can be spread, that the gospel can be shared to the believers and non-believers, Jews and Gentiles alike. And this new journey is that of evangelism and discipleship. And so the people that are lost that have never heard the news, there are so many people that have prayed a prayer and have never taken the next step. And so that's one of my heartbeats. I don't want people to come and show up on a Sunday to check the box to a week. I don't want them to come and just, hey, got my Jesus in on Sunday, I'm good. I don't need to show anything in my workplace. I don't need to show anything in my life. I'll just come back on Sunday again and next Sunday and I'm, I'm done. Um, we don't want that. We don't want people doing that. I'm not going to be at home and reaching out to those that are around. You know, Jesus laid out the perfect path for all of us. It doesn't mean that we open up the throttle and just hit, hit it and drive as fast as we go and hit and cruise. We don't fly past the hurting and the broken in our family. We don't fly past those that are locked in our neighborhoods. No, we welcome those detours and those pit stops. We stop. We look. We truly see. And then we go and we go and be as many people. You know, it's a uh, it can be as simple as emulsion your neighbors. Park yard, backyard. We're going to go over and emulsion a family's uh, house on Monday. And they just lost their, well, he lost his wife, she's only 30 some odd years old. And uh, 
going to show Jesus' love by just showing up and doing this. Oh, yeah. Maybe. You know, it'd be a simple word of encouragement to a family who just lost their 75 year old mother, you know, like it was your dad. It could be as simple as bringing a meal to a house, inviting someone over to your house for a meal. Now, we've lived in our neighborhood for over two years, uh, two summers, three years ago. And we had a community gathering, a community party, a block party, as most people call it. And there's a couple on our street that they've lived there for 40-ish plus years. A long time. Um, Miss Billy, or Mr. Billy, Miss Millie, Billy and Millie, awesome names. Billy and Millie came to our, our block party and they said this is the first time in over 40 years that the neighbors have gathered. And it was, a, it was such a fun evening. I remember that very first one that we all gathered up in the corner of our property because we felt like if we had it behind our house, people wouldn't want to come. So we put it out in the front corner so that everyone would feel free to come off the street just a little bit, just a little bit in your yard, and they could leave if they didn't want to be part of it. And we saw just about everybody show up. And it was a fantastic evening from 5 o'clock until way after midnight. We sat around a little fire pit. We had had a meal together, we talked, we shared, the kids were out running around killing lightning bugs and cats and playing baseball and um, Millie, she's what, 80 some odd years old, she was playing baseball with the kids and hitting the bat and running and she said, this is the best night ever and it was her birthday too and so we were able to have it. You know, it's just little things like that, it's just being community and being in someone's that we open that door up for conversations to be able to be in their lives and then be in our lives. And now, then we came out, we came in the middle of the we still had it outside. We still did it and kept our distance, of course, for those who wanted to keep a distance and did all the proper things. But what we're doing is creating that atmosphere, creating the environment aspect. Because some of these people are believers, but most of them are not. Most of them will probably never walk into the church. I'm going to be the church. We're going to be the church to them. We'll show them. Now we'll leave the conversations down the road uh, that will open up the doors for those conversations because you're building that relationship and that's what you need to do. No, it's just simple things. But that's just what we need to continue to do is to share and do. So let's see what the Holy Spirit has to say to all of us about us. About how we can just get out of our own way and let Him lead us down this road real trip of life. How we can let him push us in the direction that he wants us to go, in the direction of serving or reaching out or discipleship or evangelism, whatever it may be. And let us see what he's leading and guiding us through with these detours, with these pit stops, with these construction zones, maybe serious but recalculating, recalculating. Kind of drives you crazy when you have to recalculate. There's a recalculating reason. When things are off basis and if you miss the turn, you've got to recalculate. And so that's one thing that the Holy Spirit will do. And that's what we want to see them do. So one would be able to impact others for goodness. So let us pray and we'll finish off here. So Holy Spirit, as we come to you here, as we do each and every week, what are you saying? Spirit, reveal something into our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Give us something that uh, 
perspective, maybe it's forgiveness, maybe it's reaching out to those that are around us, maybe it's leading our kids. Father, as we're on this road trip of life, this journey of life, and our journey with you, let us be open and guided by your Holy Spirit for those details that come to And those road constructions, for those major delays, for those major potholes that are out there. Father, you're with us and in it with us through all of it. And so all we have to do is just keep you in mind, keep the final destination in mind, is that ultimate tree up for us to come up and to meet you in heaven one more time. On that day that you call us forward. But between now and then, it's this journey that we're called on to be your hands and feet, to be you, and to show you, and to point others to you while we're here. So help us to do that. Help us to be committed in that aspect. And lead us in every single way. So Father, we say thank you for what that is that you're speaking to each and every one of us. Father, we ask that you be with us as we go out here today. Be with us as we travel throughout this week. And Father, we just say thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright guys, thank you for joining us today. This is a end of the day, end of the first week. Next week we'll be back into Acts, and then we'll jump into Hebrews for the last two weeks. And uh, it should be by November, done the entire New Testament, which is pretty awesome. Um, and pretty exciting. So, you parents, we hang around, or anybody that wants to volunteer, hang around here. Miss Alicia's going to talk to you over on the side. Um, or maybe in some chairs, I'm not sure what she's going to talk to you, but to serve for that seamless Alicia in the yellow sweater and frozen mustard. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm a guy. I can't. I can't call out colors. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, if you want to serve, you want to be part of it. We'd love for you. She's having me.